Hi, hello. Welcome to the Dirty Rabbit Hole podcast. I'm Michael Foreman, author. Hi again, it's Michael Foreman, author, calling to you all the way from the Dirty Rabbit Hole podcast. I'm an author who writes dark adult fiction with sexless marriage narratives at their centres. And I'll explain more about that a little bit later. In the meantime, I'd like to talk to you about your sexless marriage. Today's podcast is titled, What If I Just Do Nothing and Let the Marriage Repair Itself Naturally? What if we just let nature take its course? It's easy to not do anything because it saves us a whole lot of problems, doesn't it? One thing is it eliminates the chances of conflict. We're not going to stir up any trouble between us and our partner. So doing nothing saves us from having to go down that road. It also reduces the chances of divorce because once you begin the conflict process, the conflict can escalate and the chances of divorce can be higher. And even though people hate being in a sexless marriage, there are many of us who hate being alone even more. So it's one hate compared to another hate. It's basically which one is the lesser of the two evils. We go with that. That's one of the positives of not doing anything about your sexless marriage. Which brings me to issue number four on the list is that by saying and doing nothing, it keeps your family safe or the children safe. But of course, some of us use that as an excuse to remain together, which brings us back to issue number three. Can you deal with being alone if you had to? They are the positives of doing nothing. There are some counterpoints to all of those positives. Here are a couple of the negatives. Things remain the same. Nothing changes. If you woke up this morning frustrated that you couldn't be connected to your spouse in a physical way, tomorrow will be the same feeling. And the day after, and the day after that. Another negative is having to accept that and maintain the status quo. So despite feeling this wanting desire to be with your partner, and you have to basically squash that feeling, and the third negative thing that can be applied to this is accepting less than you deserve. If you're going to do nothing, at some point you're going to have to come to terms with knowing that this is the way life is going to be, and it's not what I wanted, and living with that for the rest of your life. As I mentioned before, if you've got kids, you're probably putting your energy into kids and children, raising them. Maybe you might end up with a hobby and you'll put your effort and energy into those. I can't speak for all of you, but I know in the back of my mind, there's always this wanting desire to have that specialness between two lovers. Accepting less than you deserve is something you're going to have to live with for the rest of your life. That would be a negative to not doing anything. And remember, not doing anything is still doing something. There's no such thing as not doing anything. By doing nothing, you're doing something. First, you've told your partner that the situation is okay. If you didn't tell them otherwise, they will assume that everything is just fine. You've enabled them. By doing nothing, you've accepted it. You've enabled yourself to accept the situation. Doing nothing is still doing something. Maybe you can live with yourself like this. I couldn't, but my situation was different. If you've listened to the podcast in the past episodes, come to realize that we didn't have sex for a very long time before our marriage, and then we didn't have sex for a long time during the marriage. So our marriage yielded no children. 
my decisions were a little different to yours, and I appreciate that. Having gone through the process over the course of 17 years of a relationship, then a marriage, I can virtually tell you that if you don't do something for yourself, nothing will improve. I went through the steps of doing counselling, both of us did, together and independently, and after seven years of counselling, that did not help. We went our separate ways. Each of us had our issues and we couldn't get together on the same page. I couldn't believe how different we were when it came to sex. Intimacy is an integral part of any relationship. I didn't want to marry a best friend. I married a female, not a male or a chicken or a rock. I married a human being, female, my sexual opposite. I know there are people out there today and saying the one thing that I have said in my head a thousand times over, when you get married, it's assumed you will look after each other in that way. It's almost like a, a marital right to provide for each other. But nobody says it. It's not in a vow. It's not even assumed in a vow. You take the vows apart. Unless you actually say, I am going to provide you with sex three times a week, half an hour each time. We're going to have fantastic holidays away to destinations where we can enjoy ourselves as adults would. If it's not said in the vows, then you cannot presume for them to know a darn thing about what's going on in your head or your desires. I do promote the idea of counselling, a third party, um, a third wheel in the situation that can open up the channels of discussion because, let's face it, if we're frustrated on the inside, sometimes our words won't come out right. And it doesn't matter whether you're a male or a female, you're a linguist of some sort, you're still not going to get it right. The translation won't be perfect. And the interpretation on the other side of the table won't be perfect either. But a counsellor can help navigate language and emotion and put the two of them together. It's not easy to find the right counsellor or therapist or relationship expert. We went through a couple and then we decided upon a, a gentleman. Actually, my wife decided on one particular gentleman and I found him to be exceedingly good after we'd tried so many others. He was neutral. He didn't pass blame. It didn't work in the end, but he did give us the opportunity to communicate fairly and squarely. He wasn't on my side and he wasn't on her side. He just navigated those emotional dialogues that people go through and try to quell any of that frustration and the conflict that may come up during those discussions. He reinterprets them, gives them purposeful meaning and helps people settle their emotions. Let's face it, a lot of truths come out of meetings like that. And they're not always nice to hear. They're not always nice to say. I don't think many couples are well equipped to handle good communication like that. If you are several years into a sexless marriage, there's a lot of emotional baggage to untangle. It's a bit of a mess in there. Your relationship has, has gotten into a situation of habits and it's hard to get out of a long-term habit. If you were to ask me, would counselling be a better choice, I would say yes. Better choice than, than being divorced. Once you go through the divorcing process, then you have to deal with other issues. So if you can hold your relationship together and make your way through that, whether it be to hold the finances together or to keep the family unit together or whatever, if you can do that, that would be a far better outcome than having to rip everything apart. 
It's one thing to rip your emotions apart. It's another thing to rip other people's lives apart and uh, have to start over again late in life. As an alternative, what are the outcomes that you can reach? Well, obviously having sex would be a great thing. The couple having sex would be a fantastic thing, but sometimes that's not achievable. Ask your counsellor the possibilities of other alternates and you're going to have to be fairly open-minded. It could be as little as taking on a new hobby. Maybe you like golf or swimming, bicycle riding. Maybe you can focus those sexual energies into those areas. But if your needs are greater than that, perhaps you can open up your mind a little further. And we'll talk about more of that in later podcasts. I had an affair. I own up to it. I needed to. I felt much better for it. And that's the honest truth. What you choose to do will best suit your needs. Yeah, and you won't hear these kinds of things come out of any other podcast. There's a practical sense to life. There's tomorrow to live. There's the next day to live. And if things aren't going to be repaired today, and it doesn't look like they're going to be repaired for some period of time, you're going to have to work out in your own mind what to do. Now, the podcast is called the Dirty Rabbit Hole Podcast for a very good reason. It's a rabbit hole that you find yourself in when you've got a sexless marriage. And it may take a while for you to realize where you're at, but you are definitely in a rabbit hole. The dirty side of it is trying to find those answers to solve the problems that keep going around in your head. And you often do it alone. It's a dirty, filthy truth that you find yourself reaching for. First, you have to admit that your relationship is sexless. That's, that's, a, that's a tough call. Then you have to stop blaming yourself for the problem. What did I do wrong? Did I say something? Did I do something wrong? Then you get to another point in your marriage where you say, everything that you want to do or everything you want to say is connected to sex. It can be misconstrued, taken a different way. You're quite welcome to share your situation here with me on the podcast. You can leave a comment wherever you've picked up the podcast from, or you can contact me through my website at michaelformanwriting.com. And if you'd like to talk to me on the podcast one time, we can hook up some technology and get talking about your specific situation, what you've done, what you'd like to do, what you wish could happen, and maybe we can include some other people in the discussion as well. At this moment, the podcast is still young. I do one podcast track per month. It's a very small market that I'm dealing with, although probably much bigger than we expect it to be. I just moved it from uh, one server to anchor.fm and uh, this week Apple and Spotify and Google picked up the podcast and by the looks of it, the average age of listeners is between 35 and 60. You would have to say around about 80% of my listeners are in, in that age group. It's split down the middle as far as the sexes are concerned. Well, almost down the middle. Uh, 38 and 41%. 41% favouring females. Um, that may not be because there are more females in sexless marriages. It may be simply that they do a little bit more research. They're looking for this kind of content. And you're probably wondering, where's the other percentage gone to? Well, there's split those who prefer not to state which sex they belong to, and also those who identify as non-binary. But that doesn't mean we don't all experience this kind of problem. 
this would exist in same-sex relationships for the very same reasons. Some of us get lazy, some of us get complacent, some of us are too tired, stressed, or there's a health issue that's blocking the path. Now, some of those things we can deal with, some of them we can't. And we have to get real and practical when it comes to our own sexless marriage. Could it be improved? That's the question you have to ask yourself. And if it could be improved, choose an appropriate course of action in order to make some repairs. Then you've got to activate that course. Somewhere along the line, you've got to measure it and see if there has been an improvement. And if it hasn't improved, make a course correction and repeat the whole thing over again. And I've always said it's best to choose a time frame. If you're going to take a course of action and measure it, figure out how long it would take to see a change. I.e., if this change hasn't happened over the next month, then I need to make plan B or plan C or action something else. Or perhaps this time next year. Don't leave it open-ended. If you are really serious at improving your marriage and your state of mind within your marriage and within yourself, of course, then put in a time frame. This time next year, this time next month, this time even next week. Break it down into smaller components if you can. Set some time aside for this weekend. If you've got no responsibilities this weekend, see if you can put something into action this weekend. Have, a, have some time to talk with your spouse and without any conflict or aggravation in your voice, see if you can open up the first line of discussion, i.e. let's go to counselling. Let's get on our bikes and go to a counsellor because this is important to me. Show your spouse how important it is. If they respect you enough to take on board what's important to you, then making that step would be the first one in a positive direction. And if they choose not to make a step with you, then you have an answer. You're not going to like it, and that's the dirty part of my rabbit hole. Bad answers, but honest truths. These are the things that you are going to have to work with. And it's not always going to be nice. Hopefully, that won't happen and your partner will put out their hand and say, yes, my darling, or yes, sweetie, let's go. Let's go to counselling. I'd like to try this and see if we can find a resolution. I recognise that you have a problem and I want to see that problem resolved. What did I say on my blog post just recently? Let me just have a little... I'll scroll down here. Here we are. Happy ever afters are highly subjective and can have flexible outcomes. Most of us grew up with the idea that there'd be a knight in shining armour and a princess, or some variant of that story. And they all lived happily ever after. Where we're all going to have to grow up and put that little fairy tale to one side. A happy ever after can be many things, not just one of these little stories that we were told when we were little boys and little girls. And there you go. That's this podcast done and dusted. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. The podcast is growing daily now that Spotify, Google and Apple have taken it on board. You can pick it up from Spotify or Google or Apple. I've got a couple of different podcast apps that can, that collect all the different podcasts from around the, uh, the globe. This particular subject matter matters to me most. If you would like to get onto a forum and meet other people who are in sexless marriages and don't know what to do, you can go to sexlessmarriage.yuku.com. It's not my website. It's run by a group of other people. I'm just a contributor. 
I sit on the outside looking in, reading their stories and feeling the frustration, having been there myself and suffered for a great many years. I got involved with that while I was writing the novels. I still contribute today and you see the same pattern of um, behaviours occurring. You just got to get people over the line, get them motivated to make a change in their lives. Something would be better than doing nothing, despite the title of this particular podcast. All right. In one month from now, I'll have another podcast ready for you. You can hook in when that's ready to go. Hook in, that's an old term. I used to use that on a CB radio back in the, in the 80s. And if you're wondering how old I am, 55, when this uh, track was being recorded, I'm happily divorced but enjoying life with a new partner. And yes, there is light at the end of the tunnel. If you'd like to come to my website and find out more about my writing, michaelformanwriting.com. Or you can go to Smashwords and download a copy of my first novel for free. It's called Seedings, and it's on smashwords.com. It's about a sexless marriage, probably very much like your own. Just remember, it can always rain on your parade. See you later. (laughs) 